Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there, everyone, and welcome, Nerdy Knights, to the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator, and currently crying over twin sons. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. I am Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew. But no matter what rank we carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. Indeed. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking our detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into Season 3, Episodes 19 and 20, Double Agent Droid and Twin Sons. We have done our absolute best to scramble our signal, and we will be avoiding spoilers for future episodes. But I will throw an adult content warning for the younglings. Yes, a lot. <laughs> Without further ado, let's hop on board a stolen shuttle with Wedge and those cantankerous droids as we explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, why don't you go ahead and punch it with that first holocron? Yahoo! Here we go. Our first holocron is the Journal of the Wills. This is where we go over our plot synopsis for this week's episodes. Starting off with Double Agent Droid. This is such an adorable episode. I always forget how cute it is, and then I watch it and I get very happy and very excited. <laughs> Wedge and mm, to Zeb Ezra's comic delight. They are so excited about this. Chopper and AP5. What a great team up. Are taking a stolen Imperial shutter, shuttle to a destroyer in order to steal access codes to help the rebellion in its imminent attack on Lothal. Finally, we're getting there. Time. It's like the basement and attack on Titan guys. We're finally fucking going back to Lothal. <laughs> Wedge gets them in because he actually does know how to do his job. And AP5, who is delighted to be in charge, a lot of delight in this episode for everyone, yeah. leads Chopper to a terminal. However, Chopper is his usual disruptive self, so AP5 goes off to do the mission alone. Never usually a good idea to wander off on your own. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes in a group project, you just got to cut the fat loose. Just be like, you know what? Fine, go away. I'll do it myself. I'm the only one who's going to get graded on this now anyway. I'm taking yep. you all down. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Imperial Security identifies Chopper as a known rebel infiltrator associated with Phoenix Squadron. While Chop is plugged into the terminal, they keep take control of him, which is really super scary. I did not like this part. It's also really annoyed at them when they were like, no, he's an older model, obsolete, like out of date. I'm like, you shut your mouth. Yeah, keep your freaking Chopper's name out of your mouth. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> They do manage to take control of him, though, and they want to get the coordinates to Chopper base from him. Unfortunately, they aren't in Chop's memory banks, so they remote control our murderous droid pal, maybe, 
in an attempt to get back to Phoenix Squadron to get the data. AP5 notices almost immediately that something is wrong with Chopper, mm -hmm. but Wedge doesn't believe him at all. Even after AP5 storms into the bathroom <laughs> to talk to him about it, which may be one of the funniest things that has ever happened on Rebels. Absolutely. So after they, they rendezvous back with the ghost, AP5 is shouting to the rooftops that Chopper is not acting normally, and they just don't believe him until Hera catches him trying to download the jump coordinates to the base where she, you know, reminds him that she wipes that data from him after every jump as a security precaution. Mm -hmm. Well, so the jig is up because once Hera identifies it, everyone jumps right on board. Yeah. Uh, but the Imperials manage to lock the crew in the cargo bay while they attempt to transfer this data to their own ship. Mm -hmm. The crew escapes by having AP5 go outside again hilarious comedy moment where he's like i didn't volunteer for that and harris like yes you are yes you did <laughs> yes you did i am volunteering you right now and kind of manually release the controls but in the struggle he is ultimately shot off into space as a result no. <laughs> manages to stop the data transfer and mm -hmm. uses the connection to the imperial ship to i'm assuming she sends some kind of like a feedback loop yeah. through their system mm -hmm. um also kind of putting chopper in danger she's like overloading yeah. him mm -hmm. at that point yeah um and causes the entire ship to explode don't mess with Hera's droid like even Ezra is like nudging wedge and he's just like, like oh, dude shit Hera's Hera's really, bad. really bad this is not good no it's not good <laughs> the ghost then does oh, go man. to rescue AP5 who is actually depressed that he's being pulled out of this newfound solitude yes, yes. and peace he you know mm -hmm. he's singing he's found these like amazing space fish jellyfish butterfly yes. things they're so cute they are they're so cute amazing so cute um and right away the the family is back to bickering um yes you know wedge i think Shocking. calls chopper a trash can because chopper is yeah. back to insulting everybody now that he's back in control and physically beating them and physically oh. beating them but hera watches above with some very with a nice little smile on her face like oh the kids My are playing back yeah the kids are fine everything's fine <laughs> Oh, I love that episode so much. It's so good. The musical portion is so precious. It's wonderful. No, no, it's beautiful. I want an extended version. Yes, I would like an entire music video of just AP5 with the little creatures singing out in open space. Oh my gosh. All right, next, one of my favorite episodes this is probably a top five episode for me for Rebels, which will be funny later, I'm sure. Twin Sons opens on Mall in the desert where he very hilariously loses it and just screams Kenobi <laughs> and you can just like probably feel Kenobi somewhere being like I feel a disturbance in the forest <laughs> just a little one that's just a minor one mm -hmm. he's in the desert on Tatooine mm -hmm. because twin sons title means we're on Tatooine he's desperate to find his nemesis and decides to get Ezra to help him do it because it's much easier when you can make somebody else do your work for you Ezra awakens to the Jedi Holocron playing the recording of Obi-Wan Kenobi warning all remaining Jedi to stay away from Coruscant. This is back in Revenge of the Sith. Ezra is convinced this means Kenobi is alive and that he must be found. But Kanan and, Kanan and Hera aren't so sure. Like, mm, good call. Yeah, I think it's probably a trap. Like, it's 
definitely a trap. It's definitely a trap. And Esther's like, sure, it's going to be a trap, but we should still go. It's fine. Ezra points out, though, that Bail Organa confirmed Kenobi's death because he had to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's literally like the only one who knows where Obi-Wan is. Hera tries to get Ezra's head in the game. With the attempt to attack Lothal so close, they really need him to stay focused. He agrees. He is their intel person for Lothal. Yes, he's the intel person. The person he knows everything about Lothal, so they they do need him to coordinate this attack. He ultimately though steals a ship and flies off to Tatooine, because of course he does. Because we need the plot to move forward, but also it's very in his character. Yes, unknowingly, Chopper is in tow hilarious love it and you could tell he's also he's like not so sure of himself as he's doing he's even like saying hope you guys can forgive me in the future just to himself but he's not like i'm right and they're wrong and there (laughs) no he this is something he thinks he has to do yeah and he thinks he has to do it alone Mm -hmm. so after he lands on tatooine ezra finds the sith holocron and is promptly attacked by tuscans because you landed on Tatooine in the middle of the night in a canyon. Of course, there are Tuscans. Yes. <laughs> he manages to get away, and Maul basically kills all the Tuscans. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Ezra is officially aimlessly wandering the desert until he starts kind of forced hallucinating Maul standing there next to him. Mm-hmm. Not really clear on how much of that is a hallucination, how much of that is like pushed by Maul, how much of it is real. It's very, very fluid in terms of what's yeah. going on there like a fever dream yeah but eventually kenobi does find him starts to you know he gives him some water he kind of nurses him back to health builds mm-hmm. a nice little campfire at night Got a generator ghost for yeah yeah ghost stories <laughs> they tell about this young man who slaughtered an entire tuscan village <laughs> <laughs> the devil blade and Obi-Wan tells Ezra that he can't get involved in what's going on. Ezra's trying to convince him that, yo, you need to come back to the rebellion. Like, what the hell are you what the hell are you are you even doing here? And Obi-Wan's saying that he's playing his part and Ezra has his to play. Yes. And everything he needs to help the rebellion is back yes. at Chopper Base. I do have to say the Holocron was not wrong. Because Ezra said, who like show me what I need to destroy the Sith. Right. But it shows him Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan is technically taking care of Luke, who will destroy the Sith. So the Holocron's yeah. like, here you go. This is what we well, got. Well, <laughs> Ray will destroy the Sith, but... Well, that too. Yes, Ray also <laughs> will destroy the Sith. In this iteration, in this decade, <laughs> Obi-Wan is very important for keeping Luke alive and in the loop. So that's why the Holocron's like, well, here you go, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't, yeah. I don't, know, what, I don't know what to tell you. Also, oh, your other friend also wants to know about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And also, Obi-Wan, is he's a wise, older figure who can mm-hmm. tell Ezra what he really needs to know and it just so mm-hmm. happens that what he needs to know is turn your ass around and go home yeah go home <laughs> uh Ezra is kind of confused about all this but Maul ultimately interrupts for real this time yeah he's here so Kenobi tells Ezra the direction to head in order to find a ship that can take him home he heads off into the night while Maul and Kenobi discuss their past together and why why Kenobi is in fact on Tatooine. Maul Such an ultimately scene. So oh, electric. The tension like is building, and mm-hmm. then it cracks very quickly. Um, Maul gets to it. He gets to the heart of the matter. He said, "You know, Obi Wan must be protecting something. Mm-hmm. No, it's got to be someone 
And on that, Obi-Wan ignites the lightsaber. They face off. And Obi-Wan Kenobi finally finishes the job he started back on Naboo. Maul dies in his arms after stating that this chosen one will, in fact, avenge them. Ezra takes Maul's ship back to base and apologizes for leaving. Everyone's kind of okay with it. The team resumes prepping to take back Lethal. Got the sense Ezra wasn't really gone that long, like maybe a day, day and a half. A little while, yeah. Yeah. And back on Tatooine, Obi-Wan rides out, and as the suns rise, he sees that young Luke Skywalker on the horizon at the Lars farm, getting ready to start the day. Yeah. So good. That episode is so good. The freaking, the theme plays at the end, and it's like, ah. (laughs) It starts to play when Maul and Obi-Wan are about to make their first move against yeah. each other it starts when obi-wan starts to put his saber up in the qui-gon stance the star wars theme plays and you're like oh shit <laughs> shit is really going down now yes all right we are going to move into our second holocron which is the will of the force oh, for this holocron we'll be exploring the theme or themes for today's episodes i'll sort us out with our episode themes because anders is a little bit to talk about for a series theme <laughs> Episode 19, really no theme besides don't mess with Hera. (laughs) Just don't (laughs) do it. A life lesson for everyone to learn. Yes, I'm sure there's things in there about autonomy and, you know, being open and receptive to the people around you. But it's really the lesson of that episode is don't mess with Hera. Hera. (laughs) Also, listen to your droids. (laughs) Listen to AP5. Listen to C3PO. Don't just keep telling them to shut up. They know shit. They're very smart. Please listen to AP5. Uh, episode 20, our theme is holding grudges and letting go. We're going to talk a lot about this later, but let's just say that Maul is great at holding grudges and Obi-Wan excels at letting go. Yes. Takes him a while to get there, but he does eventually do it. Yes. yes. Moving into our series theme, these really start to deal a lot with the bigger picture. Both of these episodes hint at the larger picture beyond just their own individual main plot. The droids are on this mission to help the coming attack on Lothal, connecting that particular episode with the main plot of this season and kind of tying it back to Rebels as a whole. This idea that they are doing this larger attack and, you know, we started on Lothal, so now we are finally going back. And then during Twin Suns, the picture is actually even larger than that. I mean, this picture spans the entire franchise. Mm -hmm. The Chosen One bringing balance is kind of the main thrust of what Star Wars is, or at least the Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan and Maul have had their place in it, and they have been chasing each other across one film, two TV series, and some comics, and probably some other novels that I can't think of right now. But they, these two have been at it for so long. So this is the final culmination of this. And Maul and Ezra's arc that's been going on all during season three, starting at the end of season two, which violated The Apprentice. And Obi-Wan is getting, he's better at grasping the bigger picture than Maul is. Obi-Wan is grasping this bigger picture of the entire galaxy and their place in it, while Maul is very much focused on himself and his own kind of tiny, narrow view of things. Yeah. He's got his own narrative and he's not looking. I mean, I think he kind of was at first when he wanted to go to Malachor and get the Sith weapon. Like he's more thinking big there, taking out Palpatine. But even yeah. then, it's only for himself. Yeah, he's only he's in it for himself. Good of the galaxy. 
kind of stuff. No, or even the good of anybody else. Mm -hmm. Even though it probably would be good if he did end up killing yeah. Palpatine and Vader, if he has that weapon, it's not going to be good for anyone else. No. It's just, just not. And maybe Ezra. You never know. Yeah, Ezra, oh yeah, Ezra. He'd be like, <laughs> what's up, Ezra? Come on, hop in. <laughs> God. Oh, take uh, a bit, Maul. He, he's yeah. just not that into you. Stop trying to make my apprentice happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find out if that's already a meme. If not, I need to make it. Okay. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, our major series theme, we would be remiss if we don't mention Ezra's realization at the end of Twin Sons that he needs to be with his chosen family. And he goes back and he's like, you guys are my family and it's time to go home. Yeah. It's just a great. Oh, <sighs> All right. Well, then let's move right into our third holocron, the galaxy's populace. This is where we explore the characters and relationships featured in these episodes. And Colleen, I'm going to let you run with this one for a Woo! little bit. <laughs> yep. Woo, Maul, folks, my God, he's gone full crazy. <laughs> he's gone. We have to start with Maul and Ezra. Uh, I sometimes wonder if Maul's connection to Ezra is the only thing basically keep, keeping him quote unquote together because he's obviously long gone at this point, but he still is able to connect with and manipulate Ezra really easily. Like he still has one connection left. I mean, even when Ezra knows that he's being manipulated, Ezra is yeah. well aware of the fact that Maul is yes. manipulating him here. Yeah. He's still like, what's up, Ezra? Come on. Come on over to Tatooine. <laughs> Let's see if we can find Obi-Wan together. <laughs> it's so great. He's still calling him his apprentice too. Just wild shit. Wild shit from our guy Maul. I, I don't think that Maul would have let Ezra die if Obi-Wan hadn't shown up because he's kind of he does that like despairing voice in Ezra's head where he's like he's dead he's dead he's not coming <laughs> but then he's like let's see if I can make this work and make Ezra even more like miserable so that <laughs> so that he will be my apprentice so that he will be my apprentice so like ooh, see if we can turn this to our advantage here uh I if Obi-Wan hadn't come by though I'm pretty sure Maul would have been like god damn it let's go apprentice I can't just let you sit here in the desert <laughs> He's counting on Obi-Wan's like helpful nature to kind of come and save Ezra. This is the culmination of their relationship. Uh, and in the end, Ezra won't be tormented by Maul ever again. It's like, mm. it's kind of sad because like Ezra actually found a connection besides Kanan, even though it was a bad one. It still keeps him connected to the dark side, which might be important later. We never know. Mm. His connection with Maul is broken. Doesn't mean his dark side connection is broken. He still is like a little shit. Like he disobeyed orders. Freaking left chopper base after everyone told him not to. <laughs> like, please don't. We need you here for a very good reason. Like, it's not like we're grounding you and saying you can't go. Like, we're saying you can't go because we're trying to save your home planet. Yeah. Trying to that save thing your, you've your been begging home. us to do for the past like year and a half. We're finally going to do it freaking begging and then he's like oh i'm just gonna go fuck off to tatooine and see if Obi-Wan can Obi's alive oh my gosh he he's very much like luke here we get a lot of luke in ezra here he's got that impulsive nature it's really cool seeing them kind of in the same place because they're yeah. the same age they actually i think they used they used like a season three ezra as the model to yeah. to put luke in those scenes at yeah. the end they're so close they're very similar 
Ezra at this point is farther along in his Jedi journey than Luke. I mean, Luke doesn't even realize. Yeah, he's Luke hasn't sensitive started yet. yet. Yeah, he's he still, uh, he's still, you know, bullseyeing. He's, a baby. Little, he's still bullseyeing small animals for fun. Yeah, I can hit womp rats. We were no more than five years. <laughs> I do like that Ezra's involvement in the rebellion is also about the same length. If you really look at it as Luke's. Yeah, they really. It, yeah, it's very close. They just don't intersect really. Yeah. Ezra starts at 15 and he's 19 at the end. Luke starts at 19 and I think he's 24, 23, 24 at the end. Yeah, he's about that. Of Return of the Jedi. So they basically have not parallel journeys, but they have that little tiny intersection and then they go separate. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, symbolism, everyone. Boo! <laughs> Narrative patterns. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of overlap, guys, we finally see Obi-Wan freaking Kenobi. Or as Maul says it, Kenobi. That scream. Sam Whitworth, (laughs) bringing it it home. I love that so much. (laughs) Oh, God. So Obi-Wan and Maul. Maul, he brings out a lot of very complicated feelings for Mm Obi-Wan. I mean, Maul killed Qui-Gon back in Phantom Menace. And mm-hmm. also murdered Obi Wan's sec- not so secret one true love, Duchess Satine Kreis of Mandalore, Ooh. during the Clone Wars. In fr- both of yeah. which happened in front of Obi Wan. Yes, in front of him. <sighs> We're going to talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. the duel itself a little bit later, but it needs to be said: Obi Wan's learned from the past, and Maul has not. Maul is very much stuck in his past ways, and Obi Wan has evolved and has yeah. learned from what has happened. Yeah. He knows that he needs to contain Maul here, but he's not that happy about killing him. No. He doesn't want to do this. No. He's a very sympathetic man in heart, and he know, he can tell how much pain Maul is in, most of it that um, he caused, and he can feel it just radiating off of him through the Force. Yeah. So he puts this dark side user out of his misery. And he takes pity on Maul, telling him Luke is, in fact, the chosen one. We'll talk a little bit more about that revelation, quote unquote, later. Uh, And that they will ultimately be avenged. Because Maul has kind of always been obsessed with Obi-Wan, even during Phantom Menace, um, when he was chasing down him and Qui-Gon. He was kind of focused on Obi-Wan for a little bit as this, like, his his kind of counterpart, the apprentice. They're both apprentices around the same age. Yeah. Uh, And it is, in fact, it is his rage and his anger with Obi-Wan in particular, not just the Jedi as a whole, but Obi-Wan in particular that fueled him and kept him alive so long when he was on that trash planet and let him put together the scorpion legs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. It quite literally kept him together and tore him apart. And when he had another enemy to focus on, like Palpatine, Vader, kind of trying to destroy the Sith and take his rightful place there, he didn't need to find Obi-Wan. He had something else to focus this obsession. But once that's gone, and once that weapon is gone, he knows he's no match. He can't stop Vader and Palpatine without that weapon. So he loses his mind, re-enter this (laughs) this Obi-Wan downward spiral. Yeah. Um, and you would think that after getting cut down by Obi-Wan again, Again. (laughs) would make him rage in his final moments, but he really just seemed tired. 
Yeah, he just seemed like, God, can I just let, can I just go? Can I just <laughs> can go? I just yeah. go? <laughs> and like everything in his life had potentially been leading up to this moment where he can finally settle his mind and have some peace and quiet. Yeah. And then asking if the person Obi-Wan is guarding will in fact avenge them. Bam. Not just him. He's oh. actually bringing Obi-Wan into that. It's very, very telling. He yeah. knows that Obi-Wan has been just as damaged as he is by this whole experience. Yeah. Not just by their own personal fight, but by this right. like larger yes. fight with the Sith, with Palpatine, with Vader. Mm-hmm. Maul is yeah, one of the Jedi few people. Too. Like... Yeah. Maul is one of the very few people who know for sure who Darth Vader is. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> one of the very few. Him and another connection between him and Obi-Wan. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh, it's almost like there's a parallel between them. Yes. <laughs> but here it's nice he can just finally he can rest. Yes. This episode makes me cry every single time. I know Maul is a people he's a fan favorite character, but he's a very divisive character. I've been told many times, why do you like Maul? I'm like, well, it's not really a like situation. <laughs> it's a like the character situation. I'm very jealous that I didn't create him and write his story because I'm a writer. And I love characters like that. But just this kind of culmination of his arc being not one of rage or anger. Like, yes, he is coming at Obi-Wan with this just like simmering resentment. And like, how are you better than me? How have you beaten me so many times? And he just doesn't understand it. He doesn't, it does not compute for Maul. The file for Maul has stalled. <laughs> like he does not understand. Obi-Wan's just like light side bitch. Yeah, exactly, basically. And poor Obi-Wan's like, oh God, not again. <laughs> Seriously, for real. This is why I didn't go to Mandalore during the Clone Wars, because I knew this kind of shit would happen. It, it's a very fitting end for mm-hmm. Maul to not be able to get like the end he thought was going to happen it's kind of what the audience didn't get what they thought was going to happen. You, not at all. <laughs> we're going to talk about that a lot later, guys. Okay, next we're going to move into something a little more fun. Our droid buddies, AP5 and Chop. <laughs> Banger episodes for both of them. I do love, I don't have this in the notes. I'm just going to wing it on this one. I was just thinking Chopper going after Ezra shows so much growth for his character. Then from the beginning where he was just like, what the fuck is up with this kid? And he immediately follows Ezra. He knows him so well that he follows him. Kid, you will die without me. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, I need to follow the kid because he's obviously going to do something stupid. And then he follows him again. Ezra says, go down the ridge. You'll find a settlement. And he's like, um, uh, nope. Can't leave the teenager alone. I have to follow him. Also makes him smarter than, I guess it makes him a little smarter than R2. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going off by myself. Are you kidding? Do you know what's in those things? Yeah, There's probably exactly. Jawas somewhere. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't want to get picked up by the Jawas. You, you person, oh. goddamn flea market and get sold to the Lars family. <laughs> boring. <laughs> it's gonna be so boring. When he freaking powers down in the desert, it's so sad mm-hmm. and so hard. Another good growth moment for Ezra's character too, when he hugs Chop and he's like, "Please, I'm so sorry. I did this to you." and actually feels bad for what he's brought them to like good job ezra character growth for both of you round of applause yay Yay. we're finally we're finally getting there 
moving on to AP5. So cute. Another episode of them knowing each other so well that AP can detect pretty much immediately that something is wrong with Chopper. <laughs> He's like, you're not insulting me. You're not you. You're not just, Chopper. Yeah, you're not Chopper. And Chopper's like, what? Everything's fine, sir. Like, what? Did you just call me sir? Call me sir. Did you just give Wedge a beverage? <laughs> Obviously, you're an imposter. I do love that AP5 is like, he doesn't, he doesn't back down when they're no. telling him to shut up. He never once does. He's like, no, I will not shut up about this. He's so tenacious with it. He's like, chop has been compromised. Come on, people. What is wrong with you? I do his spacewalk too. It's oh, both yeah. funny and a little sad because at first he kind of panics. He's like, no. And then he's floating out there with the creatures and he's just like, this isn't that bad. I can sit out here until my battery so good mm-hmm. i do love that he's proud of being part of the rebellion he gets really cranky when he thinks that chop is kind of insulting him and his place in the rebellion yeah like after an ap he's like i'm part of this rebellion too and fuck you <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? definitely also i love that he's just i love how far he's come in terms of just like sentience like mm-hmm. when he when he sends the other like inventory drive away he's like i can't fucking believe i used to be like these people yeah i'm I'm not like these imperial droids anymore ew he's gotten so much better (laughs) and then of course we have to talk about hair and chopper i love 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 this so much don't mess with her droid for real people she will kill you literally she will kill you all yes we like andrew said we were kind of like concerned when she sent that feedback loop back through job because he's like smoking his body yep. is smoking like what is happening here i i mean she does have to think quickly she doesn't really know what's on the other end so she doesn't really know what she's destroying she just knows that it's going to overload something and stop these people so that's what she's trying to do she also probably doesn't know if chop will be like permanently damaged from what they did to him so she's like kind of ragey right now and she's just going fuck you i will destroy you you've killed my droid and then when he comes back she's like oh thank god it's like "Mm." but still he was smoking hair up yeah (laughs) our poor babies all right then let's move into our fourth holocron this is binding the galaxy together where we have our homages easter eggs connections callbacks Mm-hmm. from these episodes. Colleen, start us off. We have a, quite a few today. There were a lot of fun ones in this episode. So first off, we have LT, which could stand for lieutenant, which I love because they're usually like perceived as douchebags in like all the military movies. So mm-hmm. it's the lieutenant that gets shit wrong. <laughs> this is LT319, the human controller and officer in the Empire's information office, which is a nice way of saying he's going to tattle on you if he finds out about you. He was voiced by Josh Gad, which I love. <laughs> Fantastic casting. He was designed to actually resemble Pablo Hidalgo of the Lucasfilm Story Group. He also recorded the temporary voice until Josh Gad could record it. It's like, yay! Interesting. <laughs> love that stuff. Yes. Next up, we have anything you can do, I can do better. 
Uh, if, the, anything better than you. if that banter back and forth between Chopper and A5 sounds familiar, it almost definitely should. Yes. Uh, the the words come out of the song Anything You Can Do, which originally comes from Ivan Berlin's musical Annie Get Your Gun. Yes. Uh, and I can virtually guarantee you've heard it somewhere before, whether yes. it was in a movie it, mm-hmm. or a show. It is more or less omnipresent throughout pop culture, yes. um, po- probably in a Gatorade commercial with yeah. Michael Jordan and Mia Hamm. Yes. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, I think you they've can't. also yes, done, I think it's also been in like a Reebok commercial. If you mm-hmm. live in anywhere with Charter Communications, I'm pretty sure it showed up there. Their commercials, <laughs> it's everywhere. Yes, such a good song. <laughs> I love it. Okay, next we have the cybernetic implants. We saw these on Zebo back in season one, but these guys seem to be enjoying their upgrades and are just fine with being kind of more mechanical. Although their leader guy seems to be a little bit more cognizant of what's going on. So he has a better control Mm. over himself as opposed to the other ones who seem to be a little bit more robotic. Yeah. Although they are acting, I mean, they're kind of acting a little bit like a hive mind to the point where we have resistance is futile. This has to be an intentional Star Trek reference here. Mm-hmm. LT319 is commenting about how Chopper's resistance to their probing and their control is admirable, but ultimately futile. Shouting mm-hmm. out to the Star Trek villains, the Borg. Coming back, Picard season two. Borg Queen's coming excited. back. Very excited. I love Alice Creek. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. <laughs> I'm ready for Picard season two. It looks great. There also was like kind of a freaking Hunger Games reference. Because the same guy, LT, yes. says, like, the odds are, he doesn't say in our favor, but he says, like, the odds are with us. And I'm like, geez, they really are pulling out, like, all the YA stops. Yeah. <laughs> this episode was great. Okay, next we have the little creatures, the little babies that were floating out in space with AP, our baby knee bray, rays, kind of like manta ray creatures. The guys are related to Tibbetes, who are those actual, like, flying manta ray things that were attracted to the phantom and the mating call episode they're also related to minox which are the guys that can survive in open space they can be found on planets as well as in the void of space so unlike the pergil who pretty much are all always out in space unless they're down in the clouds yes yeah they can go in atmo but i don't think they ever like go on land or anything next up these are this is an episode of first for star wars so you talked about the design of lt before how he was designed after Pablo Hidalgo. Yes. Um, it is in fact the very first appearance in Star Wars of eyeglasses. Yes. Which also makes less sense when you guys, that he's got the cybernetic implants like they couldn't fix his eyes. Sorry, <laughs> his eyes are that bad, folks. <laughs> and it is also the first ever appearance in Star Wars of a toilet on screen. Gotta go to the refresher. We did have. The first appearance of actual plumbing on screen was a few episodes ago through Imperial Eyes when Callus has a sink. Yes. But yeah, not a sonic shower, like actual water. Actual water. But dude, poor Wedge. <laughs> poor Wedge. <laughs> After everything with the droids, he's just like, you know what? Forget it. I am flying solo, which is more or less impossible in Xtreme. You definitely need the astromech for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they do like all the navigational functions but in an X-wing. Then, I mean, an X-wing doesn't have a bathroom either, so. Yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> it's just in the cockpit of the X-wing. <laughs> the freaking astromech can't walk in on him. 
Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, we have a Luke sighting as well as an Obi-Wan sighting. That is, of course, Luke Skywalker at the end running towards his little house when Abru calls him. The debate is open on whether or not they were able to use a recorded version of Aunt Beru from A New Hope to call out to him or if it had to be dubbed over. It sounds really close. It's really close. It really but it's, does sound close. Yeah. I would think that it would... I know, I know they, they tried to find it, but I couldn't find any confirmation as to whether or not they were mm -hmm. ultimately able to use it. It sounds good. Still sounds like Aunt Beru. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have, oh, this guy's so cute. <laughs> Obi-Wan is approaching them riding a dewback, which is a common Tatooine species that we see stormtroopers riding in A New Hope. Those little lizard guys, they're not like fast really or anything, but they're like tanks that can just keep going. Yeah. Next up, during the duel, we have Obi-Wan's stance. Mm -hmm. So really kind of go, going a bridge between the old and the new here. He, we see Ben Kenobi go through several lightsaber holds. You know, he's mm -hmm. got the, the kind of two hands low when he ignites. That's very much like he does have on the Death Star against Vader. Mm -hmm. He's got the over the head, two fingers out that Ewan McGregor, and then ultimately the animated Clone Wars version used mm -hmm. throughout that series. He does eventually use Qui-Gon stance from Phantom Menace. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Yes. And then we have Maul's moves. Poor baby. When Maul finally goes in for the kill, he uses the same maneuver that he used to kill Qui-Gon in the Phantom Menace. Unfortunately for him, Obi-Wan has learned from the past and is able to counter very effectively, which is why he took the Qui-Gon stance in the first place. Oops. And lastly, again, kind of bridging the old and the new, when we have the hologram of Obi-Wan um, from the events of Revenge of the Sith, it is being voiced by James Arnold Taylor, who voiced the character during the Clone Wars series and based it on Ewan McGregor's voice. However, when we get to the older version of Ben mm -hmm. Kenobi, we he's actually voiced by Stephen Stanton, um, who based that performance on Sir Alec Guinness' voice from A New Hope and the, mm -hmm. the rest of the original trilogy. Uh, Stanton also voices AP5 and uh, Admiral Tarkin in Clone Wars, Rebels, and the Bad Batch. Uh, and he's also the voice of Admiral Raddus in Rogue One. It's one of my favorite Mon Calamari. So great. <laughs> Stephen Stanton actually was only a stand-in or supposed to be a stand-in for the Kenobi voice. He did the voice recording with Sam Witwer and did so well that they're like, well, he's Obi-Wan. We don't have to look for another voice actor. So All good right. job, Steven. I thought he sounded just like Alec Guinness. Like, yeah, he did a great job. Amazing. So good. All right. Well, before we move into our next Holocom, like take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. Do you need a freelancer to help with your website? If they're a designer, maybe you need someone to help you write some expert blogs, some articles, or a presentation designer to help with the next big work project. Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds. Some people for as low as just $5 a gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for some freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in our show notes to get started. Note Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of BGS, and we appreciate your continued support. So everybody, now that Flo is with us, we're going to head into our fifth holocron, <laughs> the newbie from Naboo. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels, and wow, what an episode for Flo to watch for the very first time. 
we ride. Her. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's going to be some takes, I think, coming real fast for Twin Sons. Oh, man. Which, by the way, was on that list of skippable episodes. Still don't understand what the hell is happening. That's we'll see if I agree or not. That's oh, <laughs> so freaking wild shit, man. We've tasked her with watching the episodes, giving us her questions and her takes. So without further ado, let's see what our ambassador for Naboo thought about secret agents that are also droids. I mean, God knows I love secret agents. So yes, yes. episode 19, this is it. So we kick it off. We know that Wedge is in this episode. So I'm Mm -hmm. like super stoked because Mm -hmm. Wedge is hot and I'm here for Wedge. So great. (laughs) I still feel like weird when I say that because when I think of wedge i think of like a wedge salad and so whatever it's kind of strange also you guys know how much i love it when they have the weird deep sea diver thing but yeah. no helmet so i was i literally said wetsuit head in my notes it was body weird. condom mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> ab5 is just a gem just Love like him. unparalleled in this episode yes. and i spent the entire too. episode just so angry that nobody was believing him yes like it was unbelievably frustrating so i okay let's just back it up before i get too frustrated ap5 and chopper basically singing anything you can do i can do better (laughs) just Just, wow just utter perfection like whoa so i loved that um (laughs) I liked the droid metal detector. I thought that was like really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand how the technology works. I assume they're just like taking their time to scan codes to see where they came from. I mean, yeah, just kind of codes, just kind of like doing a basic security check, uploading the picture to the database, doing it. But then, like, sorry, I thought I muted myself again. I was about to go <laughs> on my computer. Um, I was a little bit confused then, like, do we know that this is the norm? Because, like, wouldn't, like, the Rebels have been expecting this? Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a new development, because there okay. were a, a bunch of people with the little, the cybernetic headset things, and yeah. Sabine had said those were more voluntary, so this might be, like, a okay. new crew. Okay, yeah. interesting. And we know that they, they knew about Chopper from a memo that Thrawn had circulated so fucking thrawn 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 swear to god um i loved ap5 and how smooth he was at demoting that other droid he was like oh yeah sorry like no you gotta go to like the loading docks or whatever she was (laughs) like bye she's like like, okay checks out checks out um the whole reprogramming of chopper the like zapping him and like while he was Mm -hmm. plugged in Mm-hmm. was intense like yeah. i'm surprised that i felt so much for a droid and i was just like this is so fucked and the fact they were like this droid is like fighting bravely like to not be white it's like mm-hmm. don't give up chop yeah. <laughs> our poor guy like he's especially so a little murder bot like that no yeah. little dude um Okay, I was pissed at Wedge at this point because it was like very obvious that Chopper was not being himself. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, Wedge, take like one second to be like, something is off here. Yeah, he's just happy not to be annoyed. So he just disregards it. Trust me, I get that. As a teacher, I a million percent get that. It's just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. But 
like you're also in charge of this mission and you only are taking care of two droids. So Excuse like, me, AP5 is in charge of this mission. You're right. I mean, honestly, <laughs> AP5 definitely was in charge of this mission. Like, what did Wedge actually do? He just, like, flew there. He flew the shuttle, and he had the right protocols and oh, codes to, oh, okay. to land it. They would have needed a human signature to, like, a life sign. It's just two droids. They would have needed a different cover. Okay, well, I don't feel like he did that much. No. no. He peed. Well, he tried to pee. <laughs> yeah, he tried. Okay. So my favorite part of this episode <laughs> is a million percent. AP5, I'm going to read my notes for Radom. AP5 talking to Wedge with his dick out, OMG, LOL, <laughs> is what I wrote. Like, what? <laughs> so I watch Rebels with the captions on. Actually, I watch everything with the captions on because I love captions. God, you're so weird. And the captions say, Wedge unzips. And then immediately, <laughs> AP5 comes in. <laughs> it's just like, what is Wedge happening? Wedge zips back up. <laughs> no, he never zipped back up. Oh, I thought That's he made so- like a hand motion. They're which is kind of weird because Star Wars isn't supposed you, to have zippers. I can tell <laughs> you that. We know the they caption, don't have underwear. The captions have never stated that Wedge zipped back up. So I'm just That's assuming hysterical. that his dick was in his hand the entire time. <laughs> So thank you. That's that's canon. <laughs> Which so is like I a teenager that. too. So he's like, oh my god. I know. He's like, no privacy. Um, I just felt really bad for AP five the entire time. He just like wasn't being believed. And then I was like, willing. Finally, when they went back, I was like, please God, Hera, like believe him. But she like didn't get there fast enough. No. Also, I was really annoyed that Wedge would like believe Hera so much faster than AP five. Yes. This definitely oh, yeah. felt mm-hmm. like super droid droidist yeah droidists yep they always forget the droids it was just gross like this like brought wedge way down in my esteem then they got trapped which was really intense like i was very nervous and like we kind of already knew that the um cargo bay would open up and i was very nervous about that because that's like my nightmare yeah it was very scary um, I wrote the bald imperial guy is actually pretty competent. Yes, he wa- overall he was very like, competent at his job. He really was. He I was very it. impressed. He almost pulled it off. He was this close. Mm-hmm. So that was very. All good. he had good to job. do was like send an update with what he was doing as he was doing it, instead of yes. being like, "No, we'll wait to be done." Yes, well, that's probably because of Vader. They're afraid of Vader. <laughs> Don't send yeah. anything until Don't it's send anything until you have a success story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, fair, but yeah, also no. Um, AP5 and Chopper in space was great. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the blasters again. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. <laughs> then Hera was like super pissed. And I loved it when she called that guy a Slimo because you know how much I love the word Slimo. Um, so that was great. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Hera remote blowing up that ship was insane. <laughs> it was so cool. Like, I don't really know how that's possible, but it was great. It was so, so good. Yeah, yeah. Space Chopper science, coming yeah. back. Oh, when she was like, come back to us or whatever. I was, I was a mess. And then we get AP5 <laughs> floating in space. I have, I have like four notes just on this. I wrote fucking AP5 floating, LOL. Then I wrote space fish. 
what was that it was amazing it was like space fish butterflies yes he was like tripping on acid yes he was so happy he was so stoked and then i just wrote ap5 musical immediately yes and that was kind of like an accident like the guy just the voice actor started singing and they're like keep keep going and promote him thank you Um, and then we ended the episode with Wedge calling Chopper a trash can, which was rude. So tough look. Thank you, Wedge. Tough looks for Wedge. <laughs> um, and that was episode 19. I really liked episode 19. I usually don't really like droid-centric episodes, but honestly, the stakes felt high in this one. Mm-hmm. And I was legitimately worried for Chopper and yes. for the whole crew just because they got so close. Yes. They like really close it was very close so i liked it i'd say probably like a seven out of ten which okay. is pretty high for for a droid episode yes very nice. yeah, some droid episodes can get a little draggy especially yeah. in clone wars the ones in rebels are better but this one is like out of this world amazing it's just so much fun singing in open space <laughs> i think if it had been another droid besides AP5, and I think if it had been a different droid pairing, it would have dragged. But because AP5 and Chop, like, we love Chop and it's we know snappy. he's so sassy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, AP5 is, like, such a sass ball mm-hmm. that it was just great. Like, you it. just called me sir. Something has gone horribly yes, wrong. Was, but, like, why did Wedge not pick up on that faster? Well, you got to figure, Wedge isn't normally with the Ghost Crew, so we don't know how much time he actually has spent with Chopper. But he obviously knew that Chopper was a dick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like a programming thing? Like, oh, maybe Chop's programming. Too. Like, what but also, you if you haven't about? spent that much time with the crew, then trust somebody who has spent time with the crew, which is AP5. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. He's a teen. Teens don't listen. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Just okay. like when they steal ships and uh, go to Tatooine. <laughs> yes. Oopsies. Let's oh, move yeah. into that. All right, flow episode 20. Poor Ezra. Poor poor Ezra. (laughs) Episode 20, Twin Sons. So I already knew that this was on the skip list because we had talked about it last week or whenever. And I was like, okay, like I know this is a big episode. Colleen is like, this is a travesty that this is on the skip list. So I was like, here we go. Like, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to hold my judgment until the end and tell you what I think about it at the end. I'm just going to run through my notes. Okay. So we open up with Maul on Tatooine. Maul looking so rough, right? And then literally I'm going to show my notes right now. I just wrote, Kenobi! If you, if you, Flo, or anyone listening to this have not seen the video of Sam Whitmer doing that in the studio, it is hysterical when he's recording that line. First husband, Sam Whitmer, is so hot and he's doing fall. I'm like, "Mm." okay, I'll have to check that out then. I'm getting warm thinking about it. (laughs) So I definitely felt like this was a tad dramatic, but I also liked it. And like, we knew that like he was looking for Kenobi but I was kind of like vacillating with like is he looking for Kenobi or does he know about Luke so mm-hmm. whatever so that it was nice to just get that for sure he's looking for Kenobi Maul is just creepy as fuck he's gone he's lost it he's like, completely he's gone gone gone, yeah, he's gone. so gone yeah. um it was very scary the reference to a mm-hmm. new hope was great like 
there's a new hope and the little like a uh, hologram. Mm -hmm. I just felt super bad for Ezra that he's being manipulated again through the force like that. Um, yeah, I, I just felt really sad for him. I hope that he had learned his lesson last time, but it's also how can you learn your lesson from like, what if it's real? You know, it's, it's the hairy yeah. serious issue again. It's like, yeah. but what if this is the real one this yes. time? Big yeah. hairy order the Phoenix vibes. So big. Every time that Ezra has these like, you know, force calls with Maul, it's very hairy serious. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I just wrote, yes, yes, he is hiding on a backwater world, Hera. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes, 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 he is. Good um, reason, but <laughs> yes. So then Ezra steals the ship. A little too easy to steal the ship, I think. And then he was he did the whole like, I can't hear you in the that great. thing. That was pretty funny. And he's off to Tatooine, not realizing that he's got Chop with him. I don't know what he would have done if he hadn't had Chop with him. I think he would have gone crazy in the sand. Like, at least he... Probably. Had, like, at least he had to talk to somebody or, like, take care of somebody. Yeah. I just wrote, use the holocron at your peril, Ezra. <laughs> like, what is he doing with that thing? How have they not chucked it out of a window? It's got, it's got some great value. It's too powerful. Like, if somebody picked it up... That would be bad. It's also, so Kanan I mean, keeps them, but I mean, I just okay. Well, maybe he should like keep them under lock and keys. So Ezra can't use them. Yeah. Okay. Then those fuckers, the Tuscan Raiders, <laughs> the Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> Literally, I was like, "Fucking kill them!" The men, the children, the they're women, the dogs, the dogs, and Maul they're the dogs. <laughs> Maul killed them all. Honestly, like, Annie had the fucking right idea here. Like, just end them. Look, I appreciate all that the Tuscan Raiders have given us in terms of, um, I don't even know, alien life. <laughs> and like, alien I Alien culture, their culture is cool. I appreciate that they like, that, you know, the, the filmmakers brought in like deaf actors and things like that, or like to console. Sign language. Yeah, exactly. Sign, I yeah. fully appreciate that. But they suck. Like, you get a little bit more of their culture if you read it's it's legends now, but the Kenobi novel. I, I don't um, give a fuck. They a suck so are, bad. They're pretty bad here. I mean, they're very yeah. territorial, so they're definitely going to go after Ezra. But like Ezra as a kid. I mean, whatever. Honestly, like child. after what they did to Shmi, there's no coming back. Like, I'm done with the Tuscan Raiders. They can fuck right off. So I I wrote Maul slaughtered yeah. them. <laughs> dot dot dot. Dogs? Question mark. <laughs> I'm sure he would have if they were there. Sure he would have because he doesn't want Ezra to die. Like right. that's not on his agenda. So he's right. like, "Well, Ezra can't take out the Tuscan Raiders. Guess that's my job." I will, yeah. <laughs> so I did have a question. Well, obviously, we know that Tatooine has um, twin sons, dual mm -hmm. sons, a binary son. But I didn't realize that they had binary moons. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a cool thing to see i mean i guess lots of places have lots of moons in these worlds so but it seems like they had two in that that shot so i mean it was pretty cool it was a nice contrast to the sun so i like that ezra's the moon and luke is the sun and juliet is the east rise for sun there you go <laughs> we can do the whole thing later you can see the uh the <laughs> snyder cut of uh <laughs> <laughs> coming in juliet um 
I just think splitting up from Chopper was such a bad idea. Like, why did that even yeah. cross your mind? Like, you take the ridge and I'll take the stand. What What are you talking about? Ezra, you've got no idea where you're going. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. Then Chop powers down. This was two tough episodes. It was for really yeah. tough for Chop. <laughs> Although it is nice to know that Chopper is a little fallible. Like, usually he is the one swooping in to save the day. Yes. So it is nice. It, well, it's not nice to see him <laughs> struggle, but yeah droids don't it, like sand <laughs> just like it Anakin. just made me sad <laughs> yes okay. i'm so sad when ezra hugs him like like don't do a job yeah that was very sad um this next one just says fuck you mall when he's like talking to ezra through the forest i'm just like shut the fuck up mm-hmm. yeah don't talk to him leave him alone mm-hmm. then i just wrote yay obi-wan obviously we see that obi comes in like we, we knew he would obviously Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I am really missing hot Obi Wan. Yeah, um, from the Clone Wars. <laughs> this was old man Obi, and I'm not here for this it. This is Alec Guinness. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally wrote missing hot Obi. So so that- Sloan, our friend Sloan of the pod, friend of the pod, loves Obi Wan yeah. from Clone Wars. Shouts to hot Obi now and forever. Mm-hmm. This next note just says Maul is the absolute worst. He, um, is. he is. He really is. I don't know how you love him so much, honestly. Oh, but... I love a tragedy. <laughs> I mean, but then again, I'm here for the dog murderer, so that's. Fine. I mean, Palpatine is objectively the worst because he sure. really, really is. But Maul's, mm, Maul's stuck and lost it. It's tough. It's tough yeah. here. Um, I liked the whole like the truth is what we make of it situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote call Ezra apprentice again, and I'll end you, Maul. Is what I wrote. <laughs> Yes, he's still locked in. He's <laughs> then it's like it's not gonna it. happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> um. Okay, so obviously then we get Obi protecting someone, which like mm-hmm. Maul figures out. It's Luke. Oh, Spoiler alert for anybody who's listening to this and has not seen the original <laughs> trilogy. Um, it is Luke Skywalker. Ever heard of him? Um. Okay. So th- then. They f- so then Obi sends Ezra off on the big lizard thing, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, we have a duel question mark, mm-hmm. um, a duel of masters. So <laughs> my note says, What sliced him? Question mark, question mark, yep, pretty okay. much. Yes, he sliced so, him through the torso basically all the way up. I could not tell, obviously, like you could tell that he sliced the lightsaber, right? Cut it in half, so that was obvious obviously his head is right behind that so i just assumed that he had like sliced his skull open but then like i couldn't see anything so i was very confused and at first i didn't i had to watch it twice yes Mm because i was like what is happening here it's a very vast yeah so then i wrote mall equals dead or dumpster again so He's, he's, dead. Dead. Okay. he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was dead before, so it's, it was weird for me to see him again. This was like the whole point of his arc and rebels was to have him finally die. Okay. All right. Um, I'll get to that in a second. I, I wrote a bit anticlimactic. You're not uh, the only the one, first who one to so. say that. I'm, I'm I'm when sure I first not. watched it, I was like, <laughs> yeah stared at the screen for a while (laughs) so then Ezra goes home right and I thought he was gonna be in way more trouble with mom and dad 
but they were super chill. So that was interesting. Right, I love the yeah. You brought I the Mandalorian the, fighter back. Family. Yes, when Ezra was like, family. "You're my family," that was so cute. Um, and then of course we see Luke in the distance um, yeah. as the episode ends, mm-hmm. and we see old Ben just like looking on. So we see that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. To me, it's skippable. <laughs> Wild. Lie. I knew you were gonna <laughs> say that though. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's- here's the thing, like. I think it was a really important episode. Like, obviously we saw like Obi-Wan, like we saw Obi-Wan, we saw Maul die. Like, that's huge. We saw, we went to Tatooine. We saw Luke Skywalker. Like, Mm -hmm. this should be an unparalleled episode. It is. (laughs) I'd have to disagree. Like, it's so hard because you didn't see all of Maul's Clone Wars stuff. Well, that's the thing. I think that's that's part of it. And I think we we touched on this earlier, um, Colleen, when we were talking about themes. And this idea of the bigger picture if you want to talk about a like something that just more has to do with the bigger picture this is like a culmination less contained within rebels like it it polishes off the the ezra mall thing from the season yeah but it it is so much more of a big picture tying this into the whole thing which if you haven't seen like everything in clone yeah. wars with mall then you're not as invested in that idea you're you're more invested in like obi-wan seeing luke and being sure. like which again but, you're only and you're only doing that because of the original trilogy you're not doing that in the context of clone wars right, right. i yeah. think there were so many really great pieces here and i just i don't know if i needed more time like first of all i definitely need a longer duel like if you're gonna give me a duel give me a duel no we don't need it and yeah, i will tell no, you in I a do. few minutes <laughs> Okay, but I'm just telling you that I visually needed it. A lot of people say that. So many people are disappointed by this fight. I think it's also just so hard because for a lot of us who have not watched Clone Wars, like our idea of Maul having a duel is literally duel of the fates, which is like incredible. That is what happens, just in a very different way. (laughs) Okay, but too different. Too like. I needed the score swell and I needed like I needed the whole thing and I didn't get it and that felt quick I'm not gonna say it yes. felt bad like it's very I, bad I liked the episode I didn't have an issue with the episode but for the amount of stuff that was in it it let me down mm. um I was afraid that that would happen because like, it's it, very elegiac it's not bombastic at all it's if you really want to see a really cool mall duel, watch him and Ahsoka. Okay. At the end of the Clone Wars, because that is insane. But like, yeah. for example, insane. even in Rebels, like when we saw them um, at the Sith mm-hmm. Temple, that was mm-hmm. huge. Yes. Like that was a very exciting episode. And so to go from that to this, like I understand mm-hmm. it was like quiet and like beautiful yes. in its own way. And I totally agree and respect that. It just didn't do anything for me. And it's okay that we disagree. Of course, we disagree a lot on this yeah, podcast yeah. and in life. I just feel like this one let me down and I'm bummed because I'm not sure we're going to see Obi again in this. Like, I, f- I feel like it's pretty wrapped up. He's busy. For- <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> He's busy. Well, right. And like, I feel like it was a great connection to original trilogy here. Like we, we basically see what we need to see of like, oh, here's Obi-Wan on Tatooine, which was great. Mm -hmm. 
but it's like for this to be our only time with Obi, it was what? How much screen time? Five minutes? Not even probably. Yeah, maybe it was five. super maybe five. Yeah, probably. It was five. like tiny campfire with Ezra. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that he held Maul while he died. I thought that was really nice. <laughs> so that was sad. really, really nice. Um I cry watching this episode, not gonna lie. Uh, but that was it. So because yeah, he's not big in Ezra's life. So. No, he's not. And which and yeah, it's that was kind of sad. Like that made me feel sad because it's like there's only so many Jedi left, and you're just like letting this kid walk away from you he because of this to. other kid? Like he has like, to. Like, he's got Kanan. And he's I know, of, but it made me feel like he doesn't like even really like confirm to Canyon that Obi Wan is alive. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. I don't know. For me, like it made me feel like Luke is Harry, and Ezra is Neville. Yeah, and it's just like that is a Ezra very good is, comparison. Ezra is important to me, and like he's important to us in terms mm -hmm. of like this is his show, like this is Rebels. Yes. So to treat him like a second class Jedi because he's not Luke Skywalker like fuck off Obi-Wan like come on oh we got a job <laughs> he's not moving <laughs> I just I mean I never like really understood the Luke thing anyways like keeping him in the dark for so long like start training right. him earlier what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you I think no, that was Owen's fault I think that's Owen's fault a lot of it but Obi-Wan could have like pushed yes like who is owen shut up like oh are you gonna say in this <laughs> no sit down sit down well, you, can't, you, can't get a, you can't get a proper arthurian thing an, an arthurian comp if uh if king arthur is in the know from the beginning okay, that's fair but like uh, owen you're a moisture farmer calm down well so anyway played you it's fine i would say like and I, if I had to grade this one, I, I'm really struggling because again, like there had, there were big moments. Mm -hmm. They just mm -hmm. didn't overwhelm me big. Like I'd probably give it a seven. Like, that's and, not bad. And that's being yeah. generous, honestly. Like it's a very, people I'm trying to be generous. It, and they like, they're like excited. Cause they're like, Ooh, twin sons, Tatooine, Kenobi, yes. this is going to be awesome. And then it is so sad. And that kind of sadness really and quiet. and quiet. How how quietly Maul goes. Yeah. Seems so against his character, but it's not. But especially in comparison to the huge Sith Temple episode that we had, mm -hmm. where it was like everyone is here and boom, boom, boom. Yes. And like the colors are beautiful and the score mm -hmm. is just flying. And it's just like, then we get this. It's like there were three swings of the lightsaber yes mm -hmm. he goes through certain poses which we will talk about um. yeah colleen do we want to get into do we want to go ahead and get into this move into the next holocron because i think yes. we're going to be touching on a lot of the same right. topics again yes so. we are going to go into the sixth holocron the conjecture at the cantina this is where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider star wars lore together i'm going to start us off with what did dave filoni and crew have to say about these episodes this is a big one for me. I love this episode. I did have to watch it twice in order to really love it. And then I only absolutely loved it when I did a little bit more research on it. Sure. Because there's certain things about it that are like, what the fuck were they doing? Or what were they thinking here? Um, I tell a lot of people to watch Rebels. And I'm always curious what they're going to say about this episode, about the last duel between Obi-Wan and Maul. Most people are shocked 
at how short the fight is. Like we, I've had many people message me being like, what the fuck just happened? I was definitely stunned. I was like, oh shit. The first time I was just (laughs) like, wait. finally got to that part. And people are mad. Like I've had a couple people be like really mad that it didn't, it wasn't like super crazy or they weren't like flipping all over the place. And that makes sense because I thought that's what was going to happen too. I was like, oh shit, shit is going to go down. This is going to be insane. But Dave Filoni and his story crew didn't want that. They kind of ran through that option and they were like, it doesn't fit with Obi-Wan at this point in his life. It wouldn't fit with his character. It's supposed to evoke that kind of samurai duel where they're older, like these are old samurai, very experienced, who can just take a look, like one look at their opponent and know certain moves that are gonna happen. So that's why they're standing there staring at each other for so long, is because they're trying to figure out what each one is gonna do. And these duels would often only take a few blows because they are so good at what they do. So you have to think about how few chest moves can I make in order to take this person out? And that's what basically happens between Maul and Obi-Wan. There's a really great um, scene with Sam Witt where he's at like a fan convention and somebody asks him about the duel and he gets so into it. He just like freaking gets into it. He's like, oh my God, I have to break down this entire thing for you guys. And I'm really excited about it. It's so good. We detailed it a little bit above in our Easter eggs. Obi-Wan cycles through various lightsaber stances. He starts with his Clone Wars stance where he's got this lightsaber up here and he does the Mm -hmm. finger thing out. That is Clone Wars, Obi-Wan, Maul knows how to fight. Clone Wars, Obi-Wan. And then he goes to Alec Guinness pose with the two hands and lightsaber forward. And he's like, I don't know if that is gonna work on Maul. We're actually going to try and do the Qui-Gon Jinn stance that got him killed in The Phantom Menace. Maul thinks he knows how to beat this stance. So he uses the exact same fucking move he used on Obi-Wan, on Qui-Gon in A Phantom Menace. For some reason, not realizing that Obi-Wan was there. <laughs> Saw this move. So Obi-Wan knew how to counter it. Hmm. So Maul basically is taken out by his arrogance and his hubris. Just like, I got this. I can be this old sand rat in the desert. I'm finally here, finally going to beat this guy. He already told Ezra, he's like, I'll see you later. (laughs) And he doesn't realize that the entire time, like Obi-Wan is getting his measure, like watching him very, very closely. And in the end, Obi-Wan has more to fight for too. I I appreciate all of this. I think it's really, clearly was very thought through. And I really appreciate that. I think we could have gotten all of that and gotten a longer duel. I think that Obi-Wan did not have to go for the kill shot immediately. And that would have. He did. He did not. He did. No, just chop him in half again. <laughs> Once Luke was threatened, he was done. Like he, his, That's true. His he, he lights the saber as soon as Maul's yeah. like. Because he said he didn't want to fight. He's like, I can heal, heal this old wound. So I think he was going to try and talk him down. And then Maul said, you're protecting someone. And Obi-Wan's like, nope. <laughs> nope, we're done. You already killed way too many people that I love. I can't save you. Like, Obi-Wan can't save him, basically, which is really, really sad. Eh. Obi-Wan wants to save people. Even Maul, which is fucking wild. Like, are you serious, Obi-Wan? You're trying to talk down Maul. He's nuts. Maul's also not quite as fast as normal. He's got sand in his right. gear legs. 
yeah he's he's wearing the gear lines, <laughs> and he's probably a little malnourished and dehydrated and he's just he's gone he's crazy i do love that he doesn't rage against obi-wan at the end like yeah. he, it, it's almost like he knew he was going to die like for all of his bluster and his bravado being like i'm gonna kill you now obi-wan but in the back of his head i'm i think he's like i know i'm done like there's nothing else left for me because ezra's like fuck you i'm, I'm out <laughs> i don't want to be your apprentice but i mean he could have stopped like <clears throat> like if he knew that he was done why even fight he has to like he's compelled he he wants to kill he wants to like get one win Maul has like no <laughs> wins Maul has had plenty of wins in his he life has, has but been... he never counts them as wins yeah he always is going back on the one thing that Obi-Wan chopped him in half it's a little obsessive yeah. about that it, I mean it's, it's so sad kind of a big deal and I do love that he says I said this earlier but how Maul includes Obi-Wan in his Luke is going to avenge us yeah. instead of just me. I'm like, Maul, you finally did it, a breakthrough. Oh, and now you're dead. <laughs> you finally got there and realized this has all been like a horrible joke. Like Maul's life is basically a joke that Palpatine perpetrated. Yeah. It's just so sad. But Obi-Wan like treats him like an opponent that should be paid attention to which i think maul is what maul was looking for he was looking for somebody to pay attention to him and obi-wan finally did and used all of his skills that he had to take him out really fast hmm. too fast some would say it was some very quick say. it was very quick it was very like kurosawa old masters fighting each other hmm. like they would just stare at each other for like a really long time and not make any moves and that's that's like Maul with all of the other ones he's younger and he's fighting younger opponents too so he moves a lot differently maybe I kind of wish that like Kanan had been there Ooh, that would have thrown the dynamic into a crazy I just feel like it was direction. missing something like it was missing like maybe a witness like I feel like I was missing a shot like I was missing Ezra watching it or Kanan like Kanan watching it and panning to their face or something like that like it was it was missing something for me well you know it's Kanan all, can't actually watch it what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> don't blind jokes yeah. what the fuck <laughs> wow I mean, I think that's one reason why Obi-Wan sent Ezra away is because he didn't want Ezra to see what was going to happen. And Maul let him go. Maul let him leave. What? Yeah, yeah, Ezra can't read. That sign won't work on me. I can't read. Well, Maul was originally actually supposed to be killed, Flo, in Twilight of the Apprentice by Vader. Good! That would have been was supposed to be killed then, but there was too much going on in those episodes. They wanted it to be more Ahsoka Vader. Instead okay. of having That's Maul fine. die like a kind of weird death. And there was enough emotional material available between Vader and Maul. Yeah. We still don't know. We still don't know how their dynamic works. Instead, they moved his fate into Obi-Wan's hands. And then after his death, Obi-Wan does cremate Maul's body in the Jedi style funeral. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's a very sad episode. And people they're like, oh shit why did mom make me sad no 
was supposed to be like fine that he's dead and you're like oh this is way tougher than i thought it was going to be especially since he's killed so many people that obi-wan loves like he killed qui-gon he killed satine like mm. this it should be oh, spoiler alert <laughs> for clone wars <laughs> sorry flo that's, right. that's some fucking intense episodes right there that's yeah what I hear. uh those are they're very good but yeah maul and obi-wan's relationship is like Flo, you should watch those because you see Obi-Wan in red and black Mandalorian armor. Okay. He looks good. He's like, I don't know if red's my color. And you're like, it is. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> Every color is your color, Obi-Wan. It's just All fine. right. I'll be yeah, checking those that out. Those episodes are very, very good. Very, very good. Season five. Next, this question has irked a lot of people too. The chosen one question. Mm, Obi-Wan tells Maul that Luke is the chosen one. Is this what he truly believes, or is he just saying it to help Maul move on? I have my own theory on this, but I want to know what you guys think. Like, what what is Obi Wan doing here? Does he believe it? So, you want to go first? I mean, here's the thing: we've seen this before. Like, Obi has had a chosen one before. Annie was the chosen one, who would bring balance to the Force. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. Yeah. So I, if I was Obi-Wan, first of all, I don't know where he got this idea because I I haven't seen it. Like, is, <laughs> there, a, is there a person who told him that? Who told him that? Who told the, Maul? No, who told Obi-Wan that Luke was the chosen one? No one. Exactly. Okay. No one so nobody him. was like, by the way, um... So I don't know where he got that. Um, I don't really know why Luke is that big a deal in this. Like the last time we saw Luke, or at least last time I saw Luke, he was a baby. His mother had just said, Luke, Leia, and then died, right? And then handed him over. Actually, I don't even think that we see Luke handed over, really, do we? Oh, we see him handed over to um to the to droid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we see, we see the handoff at the end. Yeah. We see the handoff at the end. But we see, I think, more of Leia with the Organas. So, anyways. Organas. Yes. I, and obviously, we've seen Leia since then. We have mm -hmm. not seen Luke until right now in, mm -hmm. the, in the background. So, if I was Obi-Wan, I would be careful with that Chosen One nonsense. Because I feel like that really, like, fucked Anakin up. Um, and I think it was a, just a tough gamble to be taking with Luke here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where he came up with that idea. I don't know why there had to be a chosen one. I'm confused. So my theory on this, I mean, is he the chosen one? Well, he is in the sense that quite literally he is the one that Obi-Wan chose. True. <laughs> like Obi-Wan has chosen- From a certain point him. of view. From, well. his, from his point of view, like to the point, Obi-Wan chooses him. Colleen, I think you've talked about this a little bit before. Obi-Wan has to convince Yoda to train Luke. Luke and Yoda's yeah. like, what are you talking about? Leia is the obvious choice right. to like, train I'll take as Leia. a Jedi. Yeah. She is obviously the better option for this. Mm -hmm. Luke is way too hot-headed. He's way too much like Anakin. And Obi-Wan's like, no, no, Leia's been tainted by all of her time with the Organas. Like, she's too close to everything already. And Yoda's like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But eventually, caves. Yeah. So in that sense, he is the chosen one. 
but I think this all just kind of gets more. I, I don't know. I think there's still some ambiguity to it. To it that the chosen one is actually several people. That prophecies are never as straightforward as they seem. Oh, the prince who was promised, Jon Snow. <laughs> just because he was promised doesn't mean he's going to live up to the hype. Well, it didn't matter in the end. That is fair. Oh, that was very fair. I agree with both of you. I think Obi Wan has decided that Luke is the new chosen one. He's like, Anakin failed. So we're going to forget about that. Luke can get rid of him later. I think Man, he's moved his hopes. <laughs> I think he, I mean, he walked away from Emma Mustafar. He's like, nope, you're done now, I guess. Bye. I'm just going to go hang my hopes on your kid instead. Yep. <laughs> Which is really sad. I So I think he is telling like what the truth he believes to Maul. And Maul's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I can move on and know that there's like somebody out there that could take down Palpatine. I just feel like does happen. I still think Vader is technically the chosen one if we're gonna do like a capital T. Like Anakin is he fulfills the prophecy, just not really in the way they were hoping he would. I mean, girl, have you seen his midichlorians? They're off the scale. <laughs> off the scale midichlorians. Well, in the end, you mm. know, you get that mm. everyone kind of comes together. You got Vader, Luke, and Leia, the father, the son, and the daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's like it's a mortis trio or something. Oh it's like god. they're an archetype. <gasps> archetype. Goodness gracious. And of I course mean, the mother is like just off somewhere else. This like, this is kind of the uh the Harry Neville thing too. It's like mm-hmm. Harry is the chosen one because Voldemort chose him, not because of anything inherently within Harry. It's right. because he's he was literally chosen. Neville could have been chosen. Leia could have been chosen. Luke was chosen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't really know about Anakin. I feel like Anakin was just like there and they did a weird blood test for him on a sand planet. <laughs> they and they're like, oh shit, we choose With a you. Gillette razor. That's yep. right. That's why they're not supposed to look at the prophecies very much. Like they, I mean, the Jedi do say, they're like, please don't though. Cause look what happened with Dooku. And that's just not. not we great. learned the same thing in Harry Potter. Like don't look at these stupid prophecies. They're stupid. Mm-hmm. Just live your life. And they do not. They do not. (laughs) Nobody ever listens. No, never. It's all self-fulfilling. Yeah. All right. I want to go back to the uh, the droids episode for a second. Mm -hmm. Colleen, Flo, we mentioned this earlier, but I want to draw attention back to it. Can we just talk for a second about people not listening to AP5 until Hera says the exact same freaking thing? And then they're all of a sudden like, oh, like we've all been there, right? You are saying something over and over again in the meeting. And then yes. everyone's like, eh, eh, and some, the person next to you says the exact same idea. And everyone's just like, oh, it's a brilliant idea. Let's Sounds do that. Amazing. Just, yeah. I've said it before. I say it again. I, I feel for AP5. Yes. <laughs> Always. Always and forever, I will feel for AP5. Had they listened to him from the beginning, he would have out-organized the Empire and the Rebellion would have won. They could have had that factory flow. AP5 yes. could have organized the rebellion yeah. into making factories. He could have definitely God bless AP5. pulled the weight. They just don't listen to him. I think in that episode, like we've all been AP5, like either because you're a woman in the boardroom or you're the youngest member of the team. Yeah. And so like the, the older person who's been there forever, who's said the same damn thing as you is like getting all the credit. Mm-hmm. Like it's so frustrating. And you can like sense how frustrated AP5 is, even though he's yes. a droid and like, who knows? Five like, is absolutely the guy who sends the as per my last email. Yes. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> and that's why yes. people don't listen to him is because they think he's pedantic and annoying. 
so then his like opinion gets pushed aside and it's like no he's right Mm -hmm. it was just very frust i was very frustrated for him Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. or poor boo Mm -hmm. poor baby just it sucks yeah all right so on the kind of a little bit more speculation front i'm still curious i want to know what the hell happened to maul's criminal empire so from the time he was cut in half to the time he actually died here was about 28 years mm-hmm. now he spent about 10 of those as the scorpion on the trash planet but he did a lot of things he ruled mm-hmm. mandalore twice he was the head of crimson dawn he formed that shadow collective he was palpatine's mm-hmm. prisoner for a while he led rebellions mm-hmm. not the good kind um but what happened like from basically from i'm guessing it's up until the point we see him in twilight of the apprentice because yeah. i don't think he goes back anytime over his over his run in rebels he's very very focused on ezra and the holocrons and stuff like that mm-hmm. he's on dathomir although he was on dathomir in solo so you never know that's, that's like his seriously what happened post crime lord what happened to all these syndicates did Kira take over the entire thing and she's still running look, it now? Look, here's what I'm going to say about Is she finally buying that. her own capes? Give us Solo 2 and Make the Kira show. Make that. it happen, please. I, I do have some good news for you, Flo. Hopefully this will become a film and or TV series at some point. Kira is leading Crimson Dawn. In the War of the Bounty Hunters comics, which is set after Empire Strikes Back, so Han is in Carbonite, and she kidnaps him back from Boba Fett momentarily. Uh, She and the Syndicate are still active. She doesn't thaw him. She does not thaw him out. She's using him as a bargaining chip. She's using him as as a sex toy. She's looking at him. His uh, fly like is carbonite frozen like shut. like you when you're frozen <laughs> shut. Come on. Maybe she like thawed him and then refroze him in a better position. Oh that would be more advantageous Scandalous. to her. <laughs> she looks fantastic, by the way, in the comics. Like she's got some great clothes in the comics. She always looks fantastic. She, she is a queen. She looks so good. And she actually mentions knowing how to deal with Sith Lords in the comic and she says that she was trained by someone who knew both Vader and Palpatine, which it has to be Maul. Like yeah. she has to be talking about Maul in both of these instances. Whether this means that she was the one who took him out remains to be seen. We still don't know what happened to Maul, but we do know from this comic now that he had to have trained her in some way. Yeah. It's still a mystery. Gotta though. see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just give it to me right now. Yes, I'm ready. I I'm going to write a fan fiction now where Kira thaws on <laughs> <laughs> Then he gets mouthy, so she freezes him again. Yeah. I mean... I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm just saying, we got Wedge unzipping his pants, so I think anything goes at this point. That's fair. All right, guys, I think that is going to wrap it up for us today, but tune tune in with us next time as we wrap up season three with the two-part finale. I'm ready for first takes on this. (laughs) You can't just drop that it's the finale. Well, it's the two-part, it's the season three finale. Season three finale. Jesus. There's still season four. Man, okay. I gotta like... Flo, do you remember Lethal? 
Because yes. we're finally going back. <laughs> it's about time. Just like Ezra said, we should go home. We should. We should go yes. home. We should go but home. until then, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us some five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's Book Corner. She's back on it. Where she reviews Star Wars literature. And then contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to come and join us. It really does help. You can also head over to ForgottenEntertainment.com. Check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where we examine the different facets of Star Wars canon. So until next time. The last time. (laughs) Not the last time. We still got season four. Oh, for the last, yes. For the double-bladed lightsaber. (laughs) Double-bladed sabers up. And keep those episodes streaming. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. I'm just saying, when I write that fan fiction, I will put it in Colleen's book corner. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs>